Pastor Adam Lavecki here. This is a sermon live from Rescue Church. We hope it blesses you. I want to honor my wife. You know, I, a year ago I was in I was in DR and, and um, a, a, a pastor there that we really respect, um, Pastor Pasquale. One of the words he he told me for this season was to that God was gonna he wasn't gonna necessarily use like you know it's good to hear from a prophet. You know, when a prophet has a word, it's always good because he's speaking a word that comes from heaven. But he said that, you know, in this year that I was going to hear from God, uh, like specifically from God, and that God was also going to speak through my wife. So he told me to, to make sure that I, I paid attention to my wife. Because sometimes, you know, as, as men, whether we like to admit it or not, we think we know everything. And sometimes we, we you know, our wives tell us stuff and we're just, they're, they're constantly telling us things and we, we kind of like brush things off. And she said something to me, and, and I was like, you know what, that's God. So I just want to honor her because, um, you know, every time Pastor gives me the opportunity to, to speak, one of the things I do is I, I, you know, I try to find God's heart on what's the topic. But, you know, sometimes we get caught up with, with life and busyness. Sometimes God tells us something. He told me to speak on this a while ago, and I forgot. <laughs> so <laughs> I have forgot like I, I even shared it with other people like you know I, I'm going to prepare a word on this and, and I forgot it and our wife, my wife was like oh you're going to preach on the fear of the Lord and I was like dang that's right like I forgot about that and, I was, and so I just want to honor her and you know our wives are you know they, they um, I don't know if you know Dr. Miles Monroe he's, he's uh, if you ever have time to go on YouTube uh, Google like uh, Dr. Miles Monroe and, and Google um, he searched, sorry, searched on YouTube. Uh, his, his teaching on women being incubators <laughs> is pretty funny. And, and I just, every time I think of my wife, uh, I, you know, incubator, they, they, they give life to things. You know, they help, they help things grow. And every time I think of my wife, when I give her something and I tell her something, she, she repeats it to me, but she repeats it to me because she's, she's doing what she's supposed to do. She's my helpmate. And when, she, when our wives... And, speak things to us is because they, they want to push us forward to do something. And, and that's their job. So I just want to honor her for that. And I, I thank her. And um, today I'm going to speak on a topic that's, that's uh, probably not too popular with, with some people. It's, it's very important, but it's the reason why I'm speaking on it. I'm going to speak on the fear of the Lord. So over the years, when I, when, um, I had conversations with, with believers, and, and when you speak about the, the fear of the Lord, there's some people that are you know, understand the fear of the Lord. There's some people that welcome the fear of the Lord. There's some people that live by the fear of the Lord. And there's some people that, that have this, um, I hear teachings and stuff where they say, you know, it's not really fear because, you know, we have this, this thing with fear that, you know, it's like, you know, we could fear everything else, but, you know, when it comes to the fear of the Lord, why, why should I fear God? You know, if he's my father, why should I fear him? Why should I fear him if he loves me? You know, and, and that, those are questions that, 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 that I hear people ask, and I hear people preach it more as, as, as a reverence thing, more than a, more than a, a fear thing. It was not fear, it's reverence. And, you know, I th there is reverence there, but I, f I feel like if you don't fear God, you, you can't have reverence for Him. So, so today I'm going to just go through, it's more of like a teaching today, more than a preaching. I'm going to go through some, some things in, in hopes that, um, you know, some, some things will land on certain people. I don't know if anyone's struggling, struggling with that. Maybe people here all have fear of the Lord and no one really needs this, but, you know, even if you do, it's, it's, it's good to, to remind yourself. So fear of the Lord. All right, so fear, 
translates fear, reverence, dreadful, exceedingly afraid. When the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, I would say about somewhere about 90% of the time when I search the fear of the Lord, uh, the Bible is referring to fear, not reverence. The truth that that is, is it's impossible to have the fear. It's not behind, it didn't come up. No, I, I, I sent it. it. We can imagine it. Yeah, no. All right, that's tough. But um, I wanted you guys to see it. It's on, I sent it to her, you know, but, all right, it's, it's fine. So the truth is, it is impossible to have reverence for God without the fear of the Lord. My hope is today to take us through some scriptures to help us develop a healthy perspective of the fear of the Lord. So I'm going to show you a little graph. This is a graph that would have been behind us. I don't know if you can see that. It's very tiny, but you see the 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 blue here, that's, that's fear. The little, little like almost pink one there, that's reverence. So there's a very small part when you search this out that, that refers to reverence. All right, so, so one of the first times the fear of the Lord is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 22, verse 12. This is when God commanded Abraham to offer up his only son, his son that he loved. So some of you don't know the story. I hope all of you do if you don't. So God, God asks Abraham to offer up his son. The chapter before, he has, he has two sons. He has Ishmael, which was the son of the flesh, and he has Isaac, which is, which is the son of promise. So the chapter before, God, t God sends Ishmael away. You know, Ishmael was, was mocking um, Isaac. Sarah didn't like it. She told him, you know, get, you know, get him out of here. God spoke to Abraham, said, listen to your wife. They had to go. So just the chapter before, he has to send his son away. Whether the son is the son of the flesh or, or the son of promise, God only recognized the son of promise, but it's still his son. It still had to hurt him. You know, you're sending your, it's, so what? It's the concubine. You listen to your wife anyway, it got you in trouble, right? Now, now you're sending your, your kid away and that has to hurt. That has to hurt. But what God is doing, God is, is, is slowly chipping away at Abraham's heart because this is the man that through his seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. So now he tells him to offer up his son. I'm thinking, like, what's probably going through his mind? What's probably going through his heart? Like, I just lost my one son. Now you're telling me to put my son on the altar? All right. So he, he goes and he does it. He's obedient. He's faithful. So when God told him to offer up Isaac, God was really putting Abraham on the altar. It wasn't Isaac going on the altar. It was him. And I know, and I remember that story. What's, what's interesting about that story is as he's going up that mountain, I just think about what, what was going through his mind that morning when he woke up. But as he's going up that mountain with his two servants, there's one thing that he says when he goes to take his son. He leaves his servants behind, and he, and he takes his son, and he goes, and he tells them, we'll be back. He tells them, we'll be back, because he believed, that, he believed that God, even if he took his son's life, that God had the power to raise him up. And that's faith. That's faith. So, so God here says something very interesting during this encounter. He says, don't lay a hand on on the lad or do anything to him for now I know 
You fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. One of the ways we show God we fear him is by not withholding from him what we love. There's some things that, that we're holding on to that we have to let go. Whatever that is, is different with everybody. There's certain things that we don't realize that God wants. But it's not that he wants that thing, he wants you. He wants us. He has to be first, and we can't love anything or anyone more than him. The fear of the Lord will help us lay our lives down. So that's boom, that's number one. The fear of the Lord will help us lay our lives down. So the fear of the Lord is more than just, you know, I fear God. The fear of the Lord, once you fear God and you have that, that you know, let's just put it like this. I'm going to give you an example. I love Brett. He's my brother. I know he's for me. Right? I know Brett's for me. I know Brett is not against me. You know? But I love Brett. I'm not going to punch Brett in the face. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about spitting in his face. Right? I would... I would Think twice, and it's not because I'm a Christian and I wouldn't do that anyway. It's just that I know Brett's more powerful than I am, <laughs> right? So God, God, God is, is the creator of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in it. He created us from the dust. He's for us. He's not against us, but He's God. It's like I want my son to have a healthy fear for me. I, I want him to know that when he gets in trouble, what is Daddy gonna think? You know. I want that. It's, it's healthy. There's nothing, it's nothing wrong with that. So one of the benefits to the fear of the Lord is going to help us lay our lives down. And Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 3. I'm going to read through it. Now, now this is the commandment. And these are the statutes and judgments with the, which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God and to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I have commanded you and your son and your grandson. He's speaking to the men here. See, it's our job as men to teach our children and our grandchildren and our wives, of course. All the days of your life and all the days that, that may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe them that it may be well with you and that I may multiply you greatly as the Lord... Your God, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. I know this is a distraction here. But, um, so, why am I reading this? He's talking to his people. His people are about to inherit the promised land. He's about to inherit the promise. They're about to inherit the promised land. And one of the things that, that's going to happen is they're going to go into this place and they're going to have... They're going to have homes they didn't build. They're going to have wells they didn't dig. They're going to have vineyards they didn't plant. They're going to have abundance. Milk and honey speaks of abundance. They're going to have abundance. There's going to be no lack. Right? But he's telling them to observe his commandments and to be careful, right, and to have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is going to help you. We as the people of God can't sustain the blessing of the Lord without the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord will help us sustain the blessing of God. If we, don't, if we don't have the fear of the Lord, whatever God gives us, we're going to squander. 
There's some things that I believe that God wants to give us and already has it there for us, but we don't have access to it because we're not ready for it. And what I believe God is doing with his people here today, I believe that he's changing our perspective and he's shifting our mind to, to be open to the fear of the Lord, to recognize, hey, the fear of the Lord is good. The fear of the Lord is going to help me lay my life down. The fear of the Lord is going to help me to, to be prepared to inherit the blessing that God has for me so that I won't squander it, so I won't hurt myself. So I won't hurt the, the people around me. Right. right? And, and the fear of the Lord is, is, is special because the fear of the Lord is going to be something that's distinct. It's something that people recognize on you because the, the people that don't serve the Lord, the people that don't haven't experienced the goodness of God, they don't have the fear of God. So they see the fear of the Lord on you and they see the hand of God on you. That's right. Amen. It's, it's a marking. Amen. Come on. It says you. It says, this is another one. I'm just going to go through different scriptures. I'm going to try to just bring some truths out of, out of like different scriptures. There's many more. If you want, you can search it out yourself. But I'm just going to pull some that I think are truly important. This is another one that talks about uh, uh, tithe. And it says, it, says, um, it says, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in a place where he chooses to make his name abide the tide of your grain, the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your new oil and the firstborn of your herds and your flocks that you may learn the fear that you may learn to fear the Lord, your God always. You hear that? The tithe will help us to learn the fear of the Lord, Amen. the tithe, That's right. Amen. the tithe, everything, everything we have is from him. Everything we have is from him. It's like whatever, it's like he gives us something and we don't, I don't want to give it back. It's like, it's like he, he, doesn't, he doesn't need that. It's just that he wants us to have money, not for the money to have us. Pastor teaches that and he tries to nail it in our, in our, in our minds so that it goes in our hearts. But it's the truth. His pockets are deep. It's not about that. And you know what? And if it hurts a little, if it stings a little, when you, when you give that tithe, ask God, like, I'm going to do it because I fear you, because you're God. But in doing this, you say, your, your word says that you're going to teach me about the fear of the Lord. Teach me about the fear of the Lord. And then, and then that, that little feeling I get, when, when I, when, help me to not get that feeling when I have to let go. Take that away. I don't want that. And you know, there's a, in Malachi... Hold on, I'm going I'm to speak this. I'm going to talk about Malachi. So giving God his tithe off the first fruit of our increase will, will teach us to learn the fear of the Lord. And people who have a problem tithing don't realize that it may be rooted in an unhealthy perspective on the fear of the Lord. So in, in Malachi, let, let, let's, let me just, I wasn't going to go there, but I'm going to go there. So, all right, it says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now. This is the only time God in all of the scripture says to test them and try me now. in this says the Lord of hosts, if, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. That there will be there won't even be room enough to receive it. 
So a lot of the times, us holding back, we're actually robbing ourselves from, from, the, from God pouring out a blessing on our lives. That's right. Come on. Amen. So I'm just, I'm just hitting on that, and I want to give a little testimony, you know, in that, in that particular area. I wasn't going to do it. My, my brother's here, but I, my brother Jay in the back, I always got to shout him out when he comes because I want him to know he's important and that, and that, you know, we get excited when he comes to church. But um, so when I first opened the barbershop, I had, I had no barbers. I had one barber that was a part-time barber. I had another guy that eventually came that, that, that didn't speak English and he didn't have no clientele. I had nobody. My wife helped me pay the bills. I know some of you probably heard this story before for like first couple of months. I couldn't even pay the rent. And I, I cried out to God. Long story short, God sent me uh, this kid Johnny and Jay. Jay was one of the guys that, that, that God came, I mean that God sent. And uh, they came and totally changed everything. Within less than a year, I had a full barbershop. Within less than a year, God, God gave, gave us a full barbershop. And um, I was very grateful. And there was one thing that I did in faith that, that, whole, that whole year. And, and, and God is still working this out because I have to learn how to steward this a little better. But I'm just going to talk about what I did in faith. That, that year, I, I would give 10% off of everything that came in from my pocket, from my tips, from from what the guys gave me, 10% off the rip before I even gave to Caesar. And, like, and, and you're probably giving more than, than, what you're, than, than what you're supposed to. And I did that, but I didn't lack. And then, I'm gonna, this is coming into confession, like after like a couple years, what I did was I said, all right, I'm gonna start to tithe off of um, you know, the profits. Because you know, I, I see that it, you know, it's not really, so I would tithe off of the money that I made, but off of the shop, I would t try to take care of the shop, and I tithe off of the profits. After COVID comes out, God was good to us through that whole time. Um, what I, I fired one guy because uh, I had to. I love him, and we're friends today, but I had to. And um, shortly after, you know, one guy opened up his own place. That's one thing about the, sh the shop. The guys that, that not outside of the people that I fired, <laughs> the guys that have left have by the grace of God, all opened up their own spots, which is, is, is a testament to, to God. And Jay, you'll be that guy one day. And, uh, and what's, what's wild is the one guy left, then like a year later, the other, another guy left. And I didn't have those two chairs, and Jay's my witness, I didn't have those two chairs full that whole time. I had some guys come in and they were like disasters and they would, it wouldn't work out. And um, when we were in DR a year ago, I got convicted in my heart when Abner was preaching the word of God. And I felt like I was supposed to do what I did. I was supposed to go back to what I did in the beginning. And I did it for a whole year. And we had another business, and our other business was, was struggling, and I was getting beat up. And this is a whole year, and I'm like, God, you told me to test you in this area. And what happens? One of my other guys tells me he's leaving to open up another shop. So now I'm gonna be down three chairs. Be down three chairs. And, I, and I'm like, you know what, man? And when, when he went to leave, I'm happy for him, but I'm like, yo, he's my friend, he's leaving. And I'm also like, yo, I got a family too. And I know that Jay is very close with him. I know that there's, Jay came because of him. I know that, that Jay's like my, my little, I tell him, he's my little big brother. No, I'm not, he's, cause he's bigger than me, but he's like my little brother is bigger than me. But um, anyway, I was like, you know, I told Johnny, I said, yo, Johnny, man, he's like, you know, I don't want to put you in a bad place. I'm sorry, I didn't want to leave, but this, they're like giving me this place. And I said, look, man, I said, if, you know, I'm happy for you. It sucks that you're going, but if you, I have to trust 
that, that God is going to take care of me. And I had to deal with the reality that Jay could leave too. And I could be down four people. And it, I'd really be hurting. And I, and I told Johnny, I said, I preach that God takes care of me. And I have to believe it. And before he left, he saw one kid come. Before he left, he saw one kid come. So it was like, all right, we're back to where we are. I went to do a, a wedding for my, my boy, and uh, I performed that ceremony in um, Mexico. And the day I was doing the wedding, performing the ceremony, some little guy comes in. <laughs> Jay handles the business, gives him my number. When I land, Jay sends me the text. Like, I'm like, who is this? What are you sending me? And he just tells me who the guy is. The guy comes. I never give a, I wouldn't give this guy, if I looked at him, I wouldn't give him a shot. Some told me to give him a shot. I looked at his work, the guy's phenomenal. <laughs> He's way better than me. He's phenomenal. He has some things that we're praying for that we're going to get him help. But he's phenomenal. And then what happens? A couple, couple weeks later, the phone rings. Another guy's asking for a job. It happens to be his old boss, which is crazy. And I, I didn't think he was going to work for me. I didn't think. And, my point is that, yo, God takes care of his people, man. God takes care of him. He's faithful. It took a year, a year. I did that for a year. I watched my bank account dwindle to where, like, I'm like, yo, what's going on? And he filled that shop. And Jay, Jay only stood because of God, because I said, if he leaves, it's because you, you don't want him there. It's, if he's there, I said, it has to be you. And before I went to go see my, where I went to see my father last year or something like that, he told me before I went on vacation to go see my dad, he goes, Joe, I want to talk to you. He goes, I don't want you to worry about nothing. He goes, I love you and I'm staying with you. And it's got to be God, man. If it ain't God, you can't do nothing. I can't tell you how many times I put on my, 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 my Instagram, I look like a, a crazy guy, like, you know, Barbara Needer, Barbara Wanted. No one ever responded to that junk. No one ever responded. Yo, it's got to be him. And if it's, not, if it's not him, then it's not sustainable. You can't sustain it, not by the sweat of your brow. So, so that is a testimony to show that God is faithful, and, and he's faithful to, to his tithe. He takes care of you, man. And that's the first time I'm telling like the whole group. I told a couple of people. This is the first time I'm telling the whole group publicly, because I didn't want to say nothing until the shop was full. But um, so Psalm 19, verse 9, says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. First thing we see is that the fear of the Lord is clean, meaning it's pure. The fear of the Lord will keep us clean and pure and help us to endure, which means it'll make us able to stand. We live in times where the pressures of the world try to knock us down. The fear of the Lord will keep us, will give us the ability to stand against that, to make us steadfast. So when the pressures come, we stay and we, we, we may go a little bit, but we're not moving our feet. We're, we're taking ground. God's, Jesus' blood is what rescues us from, from, our, from sin, right? The fear of the Lord will keep us from going back. Without the fear of the Lord, we'll be like a, a dog that, re, 
returns to his vomit. A pig that likes to go play in the mud. Right? Why do so many people accept Christ, get the blood of God on their life, feel good, have a great experience, but they go back because they don't have the fear of the Lord? Right? I OD'd, on, I OD'd when I was 23 years old. I OD'd on, on New Year's and Resurrection Sunday. I chose the best days, right? <laughs> chose the best days. I made my mother proud. I actually hurt her, dev devastated her. They thought I was going to die during both times. Thought I'd, my mind would never come back one time, and the other time they thought my heart was going to explode. Right? Two times. Died, almost died in two car accidents. Me and my, my friend were, he's no longer with us. We were driving, I don't even know how fast, so fast. No seatbelt. It was a miracle we didn't go through the windshields. I, I like to believe that God pressed me in. Right? Um, picking out glass out of my head for over a week. Two car accidents, a month apart from each other, survived. I told my friend, if we don't stop, we're gonna die. I felt like I came to a point in my life where I felt like I played that line way too long, and I felt like that, that, that you know, there was that hedge of protection that was around me was gonna be lifted off of me. And I, I just knew that when you experience the mercy of God, you don't wanna go back. Why should you, why should you spit in God's face like that? The fear of the Lord will keep you from going back. It'll keep you clean. And it'll help you to be able to stand. It's tough, man. People have a hard time out there. It's hard to stand. In this life, there's so many things that come against you. It's hard to stand. The fear of the Lord will give you the ability to stand and not go back to where you came from. Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is with them who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. God sets apart confidence confidential discussions and revelation for those who fear him. It's not for everybody. Bill Johnson, what, what he, I think he says something like the, the things of the kingdom are not hidden from you, they're hidden for you. They're not for everybody. When you fear the Lord, God, that confidential conversation is for, for those who fear him, it's for, for appointed people, it's for his people. Psalm 33, verse 18, it says, Behold, the eyes of the Lord is on those who fear him and on those who hope in his mercy. Psalm 34, 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. My son and I, we pray every night. I'm, I'm going to have to change our, our prayer, but we pray every night. We say, God, you know, send, send forth your angel to stand around us and, and watch over us as we sleep. You know, and I try to you know, speak peace over him while he sleeps, but we're going to have to change, we're gonna have to change this to, God, since we, fear, since we fear you, we know that your angel's here in this house. We know that your, your angel's here in this house, and your presence is here, and, and your angel encamps all around us because we fear you. So, so, like, it doesn't seem like much, but you do that, and you do that from an early, early age with your children when they grow up, you'd be surprised how, 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 how they live. It'll be in them. Proverbs 1, 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I don't want to be a fool. Proverbs 9, Proverbs 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord positions us to know Jesus and apply His word. 
I'm going to read a, a proverb. It says, the, this, I have the value of wisdom and understanding and the fear of the Lord. It's Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. It says, my son, if you receive my words and, my, and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your, your heart to understanding. So we have to receive the words, treasure his commands, incline our ear to wisdom, and apply our hearts to understand. If, if you cry out for discernment, God, you know, it's like seeking, crying out, God, give us discernment. And if we lift our voice for understanding, give us understanding. If you seek her as silver, you know, it's like, you know, if there's, if there's a few hundred, you know, there's a bunch of hundred dollar bills in your house. You're probably going to go looking all over your house for it. You know, if you know they're scattered everywhere, you're going to be going crazy looking for the money. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is, is his treasure. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Something that we learn is something that we search out. There's wisdom in it. Proverbs 8, verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way, and a perverse mouth. Let me, we'll never leave or stop something we don't hate. That thing has, we have to hate that thing that, that, that keeps coming back for us. You know, how you, do, you know how you deliver from smoking cigarettes? When you smell cigarettes and it disgusts you. You know when you, when you deliver from something? When that thing has no tug on you anymore. The fear of the Lord will help us to hate that thing that has a tug on us that keeps us going back. Amen. Proverbs 10, 27, it says, The fear of the Lord prolongs days. That sounds good. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. Proverbs 14, verse 27, it says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. A fountain keeps flowing to turn one away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord will keep you and then turn you away from, from the snares of death. Proverbs 14, 26, it says, The fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord gives us protection so we can be bold and confident. You ever, see, you ever see somebody walk around with a group of people and they, they walk around a little puffed up because they know they, the guys that they're with, they're, little, they're tough guys? So it's like when we, when, we, when we have a big Jesus and a little devil, that, that's how we should be. I know it's easier said than done, but that's how we should be. A, a place of refuge is a place that we could go to for protection. We could be bold because we know he's our protection. We could be bold because he knows that we know that he's going to cover us. So from that place, we could be confident. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. I, I talk about humility. Humility's a lot of times the world wants to be, they want to be honored, but they don't want to, they don't want to get low. The world wants, wants to be recognized, but they don't want to get low. God recognizes the people that get low. God will exalt you in front of people for the relationship you have with him privately. There's no better, there's no better promoter than Jesus. None of, I don't think any of us right now can grasp 
the finished work of God, the finished work of Christ in our life. If we could, see, if we could get a glimpse and look into what, what that finished work would look like, I think about it all the time. I see, I see pastor, I see where he's at, I see his friends, I see where his friends are at. I see the people of God moving, doing powerful things all over the earth, and I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what my, my, my marriage is going to look like when you do that. I want to see what my wife's going to look like. I want to see what I'm going to look like. I want to see what my mother's going to look like. I want to see my family saved. I want to see my family saved, saved. Like, I want to see my kids grow up. I want to see the finished work of Christ in their life. I want to see it in our generation. I want to see what this neighborhood would look like. I want to see, I want to see what it would look like when people come into to workplaces and marketplaces and that whole place is just filled with the presence of the Lord. Yeah. It'll be different. Isaiah 30, 33, verse 6, it says, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of, of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. That's the second time I put that up there because... You know, treasure, when, when we talk about money and stuff, you know, it could, it could get a little funny. People get a little funny when you talk about money. But when you talk about money for you or treasure for you, you're like, hey, that sounds good. So when you think about a treasure, the treasure is usually like when you think about the world, when something is, is a treasure is buried, is buried to, to keep it for, for you. This is a, this is a, a, a treasure, and there's no maps. You, you hide it. You protect it. God has given a treasure and he's given you a map. And it's for all of us because there's more than enough in that treasure for, for all of us. And, and uh, something that is treasured is something that's to be valued. The fear of the Lord is to be valued. It's to be treasured. It's to be searched out because there's a beginning process you saw in, in the very early part of this teaching. It was something that, that we have to learn. So... You see the Proverbs, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, all, all that stuff, right? It's the beginning, so it's the start of something. So there's a process. I don't know it all. I, haven't, I just know that when I read the Psalms and when I read the, the Proverbs and then when I read the Bible and I see the fear of the Lord, I'm like, this is, this is mentioned a lot and there's, there's always something good attached to it. So it's not such a bad thing. I see in Acts, I see when the fear of the Lord came on the church, I see what happens. The church increases and Jesus Christ is magnified. It's good news. I'm not trying to hold folks hostage. So I'm just going to talk about a few truths to take home. So it, stuff, stuff that we already spoke about. It is impossible to have reverence for God without the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord will help us lay our lives down. Help us, God. We as the people of God can't sustain the blessing of the Lord without the, without the fear of the Lord. People who have a problem tithing don't realize that it may be rooted in an unhealthy perspective on the fear of the Lord. And they probably don't realize that, it's a, that that's where their supply comes from. The fear of the Lord will keep us clean and pure and help us to endure, which means we'll be able to stand, which is good news. It helps us to not go back. God sets apart confidential discussion and revelation for for those who fear him. The fear of the Lord positions us to know Jesus and to apply his word. The fear of the Lord is his treasure for us. It's his treasure for us. 
Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, Humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. That sounds like more good news. Riches and honor and life. Giving God his, his tithe off the first of our increase will teach us to learn the fear of the Lord. Now, there's a lot more of the fear of the Lord in the, in the, in the Bible. I just wanted to kind of hit some of those things. I, don't wanna, I know you heard the fear of the Lord like 100 times today, but it's, it's, it's good news. It's good news. I hope that it. I hope that it was received. I hope that um, it helped some folks that maybe kind of like had some of those questions. Maybe maybe you were one of those people that say, "Hey, you know why? Why should I fear God if He loves me? If He's for me and all that?" And you know, it's more of a reverence thing. You know, I'm I, I'm scared of God. I love Him. I know He loves me, but I, I'm I don't want to mess with Him. <laughs> so. Um, you know, and I know that keeps me straight because I know that if I don't have a fear of the Lord, I know that my, my wife is not going to like me very much. I know that my brother-in-law might not like me, my father-in-law. I, I disappoint a lot of people, including myself. So I'm grateful for it. So, um, yeah, so, so Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this word. We hope that it falls on good ground. And God, we just ask if anyone's struggling with any any particular things in this place that you would just um, just touch them in those areas, God. I pray for, for, for a fresh fear of the Lord to fall on your people, God. A fresh fear of the Lord to fall on your people. You know, I know that's one of the things our pastor, you ask him, like, like that's one of the things that he really desires for the church. A fresh fear of the Lord to fall on its people. So I pray, I pray that a fresh fear of the Lord would fall on your people, God. I pray that we would have um, reverence for you I pray that we would um, do everything that you you put before us God Jesus I just pray that you would just continue to change our perspective that you would just continue to move into our hearts and reorder the things in our lives God I pray that uh, the people that are here that you would meet every unspoken need God whether it's financial God if there's anybody struggling with anxiety in this house God I pray that you would just uh, break off that anxiety in Jesus' name. I pray that if anyone's struggling with confusion, that, that you just break off the confusion. There's not a spirit of confusion in, in this house, God, that you just break off that. And I just break off depression by the authority of Jesus. And um, God, we just thank you for this house. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the people here. We thank you for the commitment, God. And we just we just ask that you would just continue to send forth your laborers, God. Continue to finish the work in our hearts and our lives. Prepare us, God, for the harvest. And uh, just continue to fill us with your spirit and love. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. We would love to see you in person. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv slash invite.